0: Hello and welcome to Fantasy Life Podcast, week six, Injury Report edition. I'm your host, Ian Harder. It's a great day to be great. It's a great day to be back in the saddle here for our Friday Injury Pod. Appreciate you holding it down for me last week. Matthew Friedman, head of Betting Life, number one betting expert. Probably the world, but at least Fantasy Life. We are back. What's going on, Matthew?
1: Yeah, it's uh, great to have you back. Uh, Stuff was falling off of the walls last week without you. Uh, Our our pet's heads were falling off. Uh, So anyway, it's good to have you back
0: great way to again wind down the week we've already obviously had our questions uh questions pod flagship show much much more that I still invite you guys to check out if you haven't had a chance already but all the Friday injury reports have come in we got the official designations and now Freeman and I are going to go through position by position all of the fancy ramifications you need to know so starting off not too many designations that we like actively have to worry about ahead of Sunday but plenty of big guys have already been ruled out first of all at quarterback Daniel Jones for the. Giants out with a neck injury going to be Tyrod Taylor under center in Buffalo for this revenge game special so in terms of implied points with the game totals we're looking at the Browns the only offense implied to score fewer points than the Giants this week Freeman we'll kind of list off some of the O-line injuries at the end but they do kind of go hand in hand with this situation and it is absolutely miserable with Big Blue I mean even if Saquon Barkley is you know ends up being active and he is questionable right now even if Darren Waller ends up being active and he is also questionable like we can't start these guys with all that much confidence man this is a miserable spot
1: yeah even with this being the bye weeks Uh, and you know, even with people, maybe like you're in a desperate situation and it's like Sunday night football, something didn't work out earlier. And you're like, oh, I I have to start to like, whether it's Tyrod or Tyrod call, him whatever you want, Uh, call him a guy who shouldn't be in your lineup. You know, like (laughs) there are, uh, what, like 30 teams going this week. I have him ranked number 29, number 30. I mean, if he's not dead last with PJ Walker, you know, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit, I mean, like they, they might as well be tied at number 31, you know, like I would probably, I mean, think about it. There's a a better chance of like Mike White scoring like fantasy points or like something like that. Like Bailey Zappi, you know, I mean, like it's, it's just unfathomable to think that uh, Taylor is uh, in this spot with all those offensive line missing. So I just, man, you, you do not want to be starting them like to state the obvious. That would be such like a meaningless but
0: cocky and kind of, you know, badass move if you did rank Mike White ahead of Tyrod Taylor in this spot. Again, like no one's starting either of them, so it ultimately doesn't matter. But you could imagine in Freeman, I did the exact same thing you did when we update our ranks, guys, and you have to add a player, like they go straight to the bottom. So when I had to take out Jones and Watson and add PJ Walker and Tyrod Taylor, I looked at him sit at the bottom and said, you know what? I think that's exactly where you guys belong. So Superflex Leagues, yeah, sure. You know, if you are in a pinch and have no one, else. Uh, just enjoy taking those probable, you know, six to seven points. Takes us right to the next most brutal situation. Freeman Deshaun Watson ruled out with that right shoulder injury. Not Good in Cleveland. Very weird voodoo going around this entire situation at the moment. So, yes, we'll be the P.J. Walker experience. No more leash for Dorian Thompson Robinson. So, again, mentioned this before. Giants and Browns are implied to score 14.25 and 13.25 points, respectively. Like, Freeman, obviously we're not starting Walker if we can at all help it. But even Jerome Ford and Amari Cooper. Like, how high can we really get these guys? For me, RB3, wide receiver 3, don't need to be in the lineup by any stretch of the imagination
1: yeah this is a a terrible situation and to kind of give like a big picture perspective on this you know like most of the time if you're going through injury situations and you're like deducting points you know you deduct a lot of points for quarterbacks and you know like cluster injury situations but like It would kind of be a rare situation if you're getting like above four or above five. And like, I'm deducting six points for the Browns and 6.75 points for the Giants. Like this is a massively negative situation for both of these teams. So like, yeah, Amari Cooper looking at him, like I have him outside of the top 30. Like it's, it's just a situation where everyone on these teams is basically hands off. I am
0: with you on Cooper outside the top 30. Jerome Ford right now coming in RB 26, 25, 25. And I think I'm going to be dropping him just a few spots around there as well. Jerome Ford versus, you know, a Chuba Hubbard versus a Zach Moss versus a Gus Edwards versus a Justice Hill. I think that's where we can start kind of having the conversation. But yeah, in terms of against guys like your Damian Pierce's, Rashad Weiss, Brian Robinson's, et cetera, probably going to be taking the guy, you know, with a real NFL, with all due respect to, you know, PJ Walker, XFL, Hall of Famer with a real quarterback under center. No, not facing, you know, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner final note here. We do have Anthony Richardson, obviously on injured reserve missing at least the next four weeks. Going to be Gardner Minshew here under center here and another revenge game against the Jaguars. Love all these creeping up this week. Freeman again, Minshew to a lesser extent. I mean, you actually could rank him as a top 20 quarterback and rationalize that. We've seen some fancy goodness from, you know, the mustache assassin over the years, but Bigger possible fantasy implication is the fact that Michael Pittman and Josh Downs maybe get an upgrade here. I mean, again, we love the Anthony Richardson experience. He was going through it as a passer. But just in terms of, you know, in October 2023, I think you can't make the argument that Minshew is further along as a passer. So, thoughts on Pittman and Downs against the Jaguars defense that showed up last week. But let's face it, as a whole in the season, haven't been overly impressive.
1: Yeah, I think we're all in the same general range. Uh, I have him at wide receiver, uh, 18 for Michael Pittman. Um, you know, you have him at 24 and like, that's the largest discrepancy on staff, which isn't really like that big of a discrepancy. Like we're in the same range. And, uh, I agree with like the, the premise, you know, with, um, with Gardner Minshew, I think there will be a if not more dynamic passing attack, at least a more like voluminous passing attack. Like we should see more pass attempts in this offense. And then Josh Downs, you know, like low end wide receiver, three high end wide receiver, four slash flex. Like he's usable.
0: Speaking of Downs, he is ranked ahead of Tyler Boyd, Michael Thomas, Joshua Palmer, and Josh Reynolds in our Fantasy Life Consensus ranks that you can find for free over at FantasyLife.com. So I know he was a popular Wave Wire edition, and I do think there are good days ahead, but in terms of someone you should immediately be trusting, you know, as a you know, must-start wide receiver three, not quite there yet. All right, let's move on to running back and back to this, uh, you know, pretty atrocious Giants offense. Saquon Barkley is officially questionable with the ankle injuries. So looking at his practice participation throughout the week, Freeman never quite got that full practice in. I did see some things talking about how he's, you know, having less tape on his ankle and everything. So he does seem to be progressing along to a certain extent. But given that this is going to be the Sunday night game, really feel like if you're looking between Saquon and any sort of RB2, even an RB3, like a Chuba hubbard type i really feel like you know you probably should just go with the other guy unless we hear you know on sunday
1: or on saturday night
0: or sunday morning that saquon will for sure be playing
1: yeah i would imagine that we get you know a shefter report rap report, something like that saying so. yeah. saying that he's going to be active or he's not but like last week i would have predicted i would have pred- i did predict like i thought saquon would be playing Last week, you know, he practiced every day. He was limited, but he practiced every day and then was questionable entering the weekend. You know, like if a guy uh, has that kind of profile for practice, like he's generally playing and he didn't play, you know, and then it's the exact same thing this week. And so I would again say, like, I think he's going to play, but we just saw this last week. And as you mentioned, like, we haven't seen the full practice yet. And it seems like they're treating him like a little bit gently, like they don't want to put him out there. And then can you blame them backup quarterback missing the super majority of your offensive line? Like what's <laughs> kind of, what's the point of putting him out there?
0: Nah, I hear you. And honestly, like when you really start considering all the offensive line mishaps as well, I mean, you have him as RB 32, the rest of us have him, you know, more in that low end RB two range. look, I don't think you're probably just overloaded with options, you know, to not start Saquon Barkley if he is healthy enough to get out there. But yeah, again, anyone kind of that top 25 RB range probably would just play it safe again if we do not hear anything. Because right now it just really is not trending great. Hopefully we get more words on Saquon soon over with the Dolphins. Obviously, Devin a Champ broke our hearts. He is on the injured reserve, going to miss at least the next four weeks with that knee injury. Jeff Wilson has been activated off the IR. That said, he is listed as doubtful due to that midsection and finger injury. So, Freeman, we got Raheem Moster, consensus top five player of the week. We all know that. But talk to us about your feelings on Salvin Achmed and maybe someone that you were bringing up before the show,
1: Chris Brooks for the uh, Dynasty best ball lovers amongst us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Achmed. I don't know. Like it's just such a weird situation where he doesn't get much usage anyway. But now, as you mentioned with a chain, uh, a chain, a Chan, a Chan with a Chan out and uh Jeff Wilson almost certainly out, we should see some more usage for Ahmed. But um I don't Chris Brooks is actually the guy who is just a little more intriguing to me. Like, we have a sense of what Ahmed is and it's like not anything really special, but, uh, in the 70 to 20 blowout, uh, Chris Brooks got nine carries, probably not going to have another 70 to 20 game, uh, where he's going to see that much usage, but he actually looked pretty decent in that game. So I, I don't know. I-, I mean, I would say like neither of these guys, you're actually even thinking about starting, but like most are. Uh, I mean, this could be like a wills up situation, not just for this week, but like he could be fairly locked in as like a top eight running back for, I don't know if I want to say the rest of the season. Cause we don't, we don't know you know mm-hmm. when some of these other guys are going to come back, but as long as he is the main back there, I mean, I think this is locked in top 12 for sure. All of our rankers have Mostert locked in top six. You guys, I
0: challenge you. Find me a lineup where Mostert should not be starting. I will call you a liar. Austin Eckler still dealing with that ankle injury. This is the Monday night game. So no official designation yet, but he did practice in full to start the week. I believe on Friday as well. Wheels up. Treat Eckler as that upside RB one that you drafted him to be. Similar sentiment for Tony Pollard. Again, starting the week off with a limited practice due to a shoulder issue, but already gotten that full practice on Friday. Fully expecting him to be good to go against the Chargers run defense that I'm pretty sure guys should allow a much easier evening at the office than he got to see last Sunday night over at candlestick or whatever the hell they call it these days bigger one here and you know not i guess the craziest one because this has been a case but jameer gibbs still out with that hamstring injury meaning david montgomery matthew gonna continue to get absolutely fed the football so montgomery is one of those guys where we have ranked us the RB 3 rb4 rb6 Was just a little bit lower as the RB11. What a time to be alive. David Montgomery, a near consensus top five running back. And I don't disagree with it, Freeman. It's uh, It's just wild, man. This guy was the butt of so many jokes for like four straight years in Chicago. Underwhelming, you know, fantasy production relative to what we kind of thought he could be coming out. It's here now. It's beautiful. And if you got David Montgomery, you are starting David Montgomery.
1: Yeah, I mean the the memes, you know, when he was a prospect of like yeah. the feet of Le'Veon Bell and like, I mean like all of this ridiculous stuff. Like, there's no way a human could uh live up to all of that. But like he wasn't bad uh in Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. like he had four straight seasons of a thousand yards and twenty five receptions. Like he was he was a decent guy with a three down skill set, and then now we're just seeing him in a much better offense, uh with no competition. I mean, this is a total wheels up situation. And as you mentioned in the sheesh report, like there were two touchdowns or near touchdowns he missed out on last week. You know, like, I mean, this guy could be dominating the league. He, uh, he leads the NFL and carries inside the five yard line. He's scored a touchdown in every game. Like I'm not normally big in the anytime touchdown market, but like, I'm going to be looking at that this weekend with David Montgomery. Two touchdowns, two separate drives where,
0: again, he got stopped at the one-yard line. And then a teammate went ahead and scored that final, you know, three feet. And then later in the game, Craig Reynolds got down to the five-yard line, was about ready to pull himself off the field because that's where Montgomery comes back on. But nope, Montgomery and their running backs coach were waving Reynolds back out there. Again, very cool moment for everyone except for David Montgomery, fantasy managers. Over in Arizona, James Conner is on IR with that knee injury, but we do have Keontae Ingram returning after missing the last few weeks with a neck injury. So Friedman, a lot of people out there learning who Amari Di Mercado is this week. Sadly, I do think he's going to be, you know, relegated to more of a borderline RB3 as opposed to that top 30 option we were hoping he could be with Ingram back in action. So hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Di Mercado or maybe Ingram is going to go out there and get that similar every down workhorse James Conner role. But Freeman, I feel like this is going to be split fairly evenly. I give Ingram the edge on early downs, DeMarcado the edge on pass downs. But what if there's a third party that gets involved? What if the slot receiver, who is also electric out of the backfield, Rondale Moore, ends up getting fed against the very Rams defense that he took apart for nine catches and 90 plus yards last year? Rondale Moore week. Are you with me?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe uh Cliff Kingsbury knew what he was doing. No. Uh I mean, it would it would be awesome like if uh if we actually did see Rondell Moore do something as a running back, it's like it feels like, I mean, it's not exactly like a one-for-one comp with Tavon. like Quarterrell Patterson or oh, something, you know, but like I thought you got Tavon on me. No, no, yeah, but I mean, it feels like this guy's like natural position actually would be best as like a a like pass catching running back who actually does have some chops as a runner. Like I would kind of like to see him used a little more creatively. But you know, just thinking about these running backs uh, I'm probably going to need to make some adjustments now that we know for sure that Keontae Ingram is playing, but, um, I still lean, uh, or DeMarcar- De- DeMarcado, uh, ahead of him, you know, I, but it's not a strong lean. It's like, this guy's a low end, uh, RB three yeah. and this other guy is a high end RB four, you know, like they're, they're basically right next to each other. Shout
0: out to the great Evan Silva for also being behind this Rondale Moore more RB movement over the years. I believe Evan even went as far as comping him to Austin Eckler earlier this year, but enjoy this I tweet like that-, that. Enjoy this tweet that Evan just sent out at Purdue, 8.3 yards per carry for his career. This season, he's at 14.5. Even have got a 32 rushing sample for his career, 5.8 yards per carry. So yeah, I'm not saying give him 20 touches right into the teeth of the defense, but design my man 10 combined carries and targets per game who says no, certainly not me. Brown's running back, Jerome Ford, was listed as limited with a knee injury, but Kevin Stefanski says it's not going to be a concern. He is not even listed on the final injury report. So, again, atrocious Brown's offensive environment without Deshaun Watson out there, and honestly, pretty questionable even if he would be out there. Jerome Ford sadly stuck more along that RB2 borderline than, again, that RB1 you thought you were maybe getting when you spent all that fab just a few weeks ago. Freeman, bigger discussion here is out of Chicago where we have Khalil Herbert out with an ankle injury, and also. Also, Roshan Johnson, despite having that extra time coming from week five Thursday night, also ruled out still protocol and not so fast my friend Travis Homer is also out with a hamstring injury so we have Deontay Foreman and we have Darrington Evans ahead of a very winnable matchup here against the Minnesota Vikings so with Foreman Freeman we are expecting him to lead the way but to what extent I mean when you look at a group of guys like Alexander Madison Rashad White Ramondre Stevenson Damian Pierce even Jonathan Taylor do you think that is about the range he should be in and if so would you be starting him over most of those guys
1: I think that's the range I have him right now at RB 35, but I actually kind of want to bump him up a little bit. You know, like when we've seen him have the chance to be like the pure locked in lead back, he's actually been pretty good over the past two years. And uh, you know, we've also seen like the dynamic of a running back with a running quarterback actually have, you know, like more success with all the running lanes. So uh, given that there's really no one else there, Like, you know, Darrington Evans is, you know, kind of coming in off of the practice squad or like off of the street. Like it's Mm -hmm. I I think it's Foreman kind of locked into the like the real lead back role. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be bumping him up. Like I'm not going to say I'm playing him over Damian Pierce, but like I'm I'm definitely like putting him up there. I have him RB
0: 26 right now, right behind those guys. So again, I still don't think he's someone you need to force into your lineup, but certainly looking you know, good. And I don't think he's necessarily be getting much receiving work. That's where I would expect Darrington Evans to be getting fed the rock. But Foreman compared to either of those Cardinals running backs for sure. Give me Foreman. And I'd also take Foreman Freeman over our next running back discussion because Miles Sanders is out with a shoulder injury, meaning Chuba Hubbard will be leading the way interesting quote from Frank Reich where he kind of went out there and said let me get the exact numbers by the way shout out at coach speak index have you seen this page Freeman? yeah it's good and Analytics on coach speak, like what a freaking awesome way to break into the industry. Kudos, fellows. But this is Anna uh, Frank Wright talking about Chuba Hubbard. We'll do it by committee, but Chuba will get the bulk of the carries. More than likely, get the bulk of the carries. It'll be hot down there, so we'll have to rotate through. But I would think Chuba will be the lead dog. So it's one of these quotes, Freeman, where you know we'll see some websites say we'll do it by committee, and everyone will panic. And we'll see other websites say Chuba will be the lead dog, and everyone will be hyped about it. So per the coach speak index Reich has an 85% reliability rating on usage slash workload coach speak how do you rank Hubbard relative to Foreman relative to these Arizona Cardinals running backs Freeman. for me I have Chuba right behind Foreman I'm giving Foreman just a slight edge because at this point in time I trust the Bears offense more than I do the Panthers
1: yeah, I mean, to need to dig into it a little bit more, but shooting from the hip, my gut would say Foreman above everyone. Like we talked about Jerome Ford earlier, like Ford Even against there. the 49ers defense that, yeah. you know, is going to crush them like no starting quarterback there. Like I, I think Foreman uh deserves to be at the top of the tier of all of these guys. Yeah, I think that's well put. And also, I mean, what Shuba, I know it looks
0: like. He could have this, you know, all to himself. But similarly to what we saw in Arizona, I think there could be a wide receiver slash RB slash baller creeping his way in there. Friedman, Levisca should not. Wake the man up, where are the truthers at? Getting out there, getting some design rush attempts. 17 snaps in the backfield this season. Also going to see some Raheem Blackshear. So, hey, not, you know, not looking at this Dolphins defense as a complete world beating unit. I'm I'm guessing Bryce Young and Adam Thielen can maybe keep their, uh, you know, chemistry going. But yeah, Chubo Hubbard, solid RB3. Not quite as good as Deontay Foreman. Ultimately, not someone you guys should feel like you need to force in the fantasy lineups of all shapes and sizes. Two other final quick notes at running back. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is actually questionable with a shoulder injury. Pint-sized rookie has had a lot of offseason hype. I'm still skeptical, skeptical that he's going to break you know too far into this rotation though with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards healthy at the moment. And also Elijah Mitchell questionable with a knee injury. Well, just note guys that if you are still holding out hope for Elijah being the handcuff in San Fran, I honestly would not be surprised if that is more so Jordan Mason's job at this point. I know it's been with Mitchell being injured, but to be fair. Mason impressing, and even kind of in training camp, we were hearing that Mason was splitting things up with Mitchell more than expected. So any thoughts on these situations, Friedman? Again, more so just death than anything.
1: Yeah, the uh, Elijah Mitchell is interesting just because of the potential impact that he has on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey's like, he's number one with a bullet, it's obvious. But you know, Mitchell is still interesting in that. uh, If he's not there, that means it's just like an explosion potential spot for Christian McCaffrey. Moving
0: right along to wide receiver,
1: some Raiders here,
0: banged up, not hurt though, hurt not injured I should say. That's what I was looking for. Devonte Adams with the shoulder injury, expect to keep playing through the pain. And Jacoby Myers with the wrist issue once again. I'm sorry guys, I don't have the official statuses because the Raiders are freaking annoying and take forever. On honestly, oh, no, I got it now. We're good. They're not even listed. Fantastic. Don't worry about it. Fire up Devontae as his usual wide receiver one self. Jacoby Myers Friedman. We now have three games with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Week one, he catches nine balls, 81 yards, two tutties, PPR wide receiver three. Week three catches seven to 12 targets for 85 yards. He's the wide receiver 25. Last week catches another seven balls, 75 yards and a touchdown. I mean, those are some pretty nice numbers, man. We're seeing Jimmy G really center this passing game around his top two receivers more than almost any other quarterback in the league. Yet all of us haters over here at Fantasy Life still have, him that's just a ho-hum
1: wide receiver three. And it's another revenge game. What are we doing, Freeman? I think we both have him ranked too low. Yeah, I mean, just massive revenge for that entire Raiders organization. You've got <laughs> Josh McDaniels, you've got the quarterback, you've got the wide receiver. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can say, yeah, I, I agree, like, it feels like we are a little too low given the usage that he is getting. Like the the production, obviously that's nice. That's what you want to see. But the nine, seven, seven targets, like he's consistently being used out there. Yeah. Uh so probably need to bump him up a little bit. I would say at a minimum, even if you think the production has been a little bit inflated to this point and will regress, even if that's the case with the, the targets. I mean, he's a, a pretty nice, like, high-end wide receiver three.
0: Like, when I look at Jacoby Myers versus Chris Goblin at this point, I mean, you can honestly maybe have, I don't want to say more faith in Jimmy. I think it's a pretty, they should be probably right next to each other, honestly. With Mike Evans back in the picture this week, that's probably how I'm going to go ahead and adjust those ranks. High-end wide receiver three. You heard it from Matthew Freeman himself. T Higgins officially questionable with a rib injury Zach Taylor is calling it a game time decision this is going to kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern so we're not going to have to worry about late afternoon or Sunday evening shenanigans that said Friedman not once but twice last season the Bengals made Higgins active more or less for emergency purposes. Only 10 and one snap games on the resume. So I'm not even putting Higgins in my actual rankings yet just because, you know, I'm panicking about it and I don't exactly know what to do for even. But when I do get him in there, I'm thinking more so boomer bust wide receiver four, like if that this situation, man, if you cannot all avoid it, like, I mean, I'm talking about two, two out. Well, Robert Woods, Curtis Samuel. I'll play all these guys over T Higgins. Like you need to be desperate in the dumps. Like in my 32 team, fancy league desperate
1: to probably play T Higgins here. You know, I'm going to disagree slightly, Ooh. but it's like, so I, I need to bump him up in the, the rankings. Cause I was kind of under the assumption that he wouldn't play. Um, but limited practice Wednesday and Thursday, but actually a full practice on Friday, which like, that's kind of encouraging. So yep. I know he's, he's talked about as a game time questionable, but Like if a guy practices in full on Friday, I think it's likelier than not that he's playing. And like if he, if he practiced fully, like it feels like he's actually more than just a decoy. Like I'm not, I'm not going to put him up to where we would normally have T Higgins, but maybe he settles in that kind of like 24, 28 kind of range. So when I say
0: guys like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Goblin, Gabe Davis, Tyler Lockett, maybe that's
1: more of the group we're looking at. Yeah, I think I would have him ahead of Tyler Lockett, but probably behind Gabe Davis. You know what? It's a great point on the full practice on
0: Friday. He said himself, he's not sure if it's going to get much better. It's just more of a pain tolerance issue. So we'll see what we hear. Again, if we get the Jay Glazer note, and Jay, I love you, man. You're so good at your job. Could you please give us more than five minutes before that 1 p.m. call? No joke. Would really be appreciated. If we do get any sort of whispers about him, again, being on a snap count, I'm going to stick to my original point. so yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wide receiver three. If we get more whispers, definitely down to Boomer Bust wide receiver four. Glad we talked that one out. Good news on the rib front, DK Metcalf not listed now after missing some practices to start the week. I think they're just, you know, if you really want to just see the most kind of nonsensical week-to-week practice report, just go ahead on over to uh, seahawks.com. But Metcalf, again, not listed, had the bye week to get right. Fire him up as his usual upside wide receiver to self. Similar sentiment is true for Mike Evans with his hamstring injury and Amon Ross St. Brown with his abdomen. Both guys not listed. Both guys good to go. Both guys should be started in more lineups than not. Not here per usual because they are both ballers. Marquise Brown, though, is questionable with an illness freeman. And this is one of those things where he was still practicing in a limited fashion on Thursday and Friday. So to see him get that actual questionable tag, not ideal. And also, what is not ideal is that the Cardinals and the Rams are going to be kicking off at 4 25 p.m. Eastern. So ideally, and what I think will happen is we'll just get a casual tweet from Rap Sheet or Schefter saying that Marquise Brown listed as questionable with an illness. We'll play per sources. But if we don't get that Friedman, how nervous would you be about again waiting until that late afternoon slate here to fire up Hollywood?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I would be a little bit nervous, but I'm moving forward under the assumption that he is likely to play. Like guys who have like yeah. the listed illness, um, you know, normally it's like DNP L P A or something like that. Yeah. And that we didn't we didn't get the full practice is a little bit concerning. But you know, from Friday to Sunday, he's got like two days to get healthy. Like the the thing that's interesting is that like with the illness, it can mean anything. It can mean like anything from like food poisoning to like a 24 hour cold or like COVID, you know, like COVID is now listed under the illness. And so like some of these guys who have had like the illness designation and like they end up missing the game, it's like. You probably had COVID, you know, like, you know, like, so it, you know, like we're now in this area where we kind of have to interpret what the illness means. Whereas like in the old days, like illness, it was like, oh, this guy's playing. So I would, I would imagine we get the report, but I'm still going to project him as if he's playing.
0: Again, even though he didn't get the full practice, which isn't ideal, but we also got another guy in the team, Elijah Higgins, also questionable with an illness, also practicing in a limited fashion. So we'll see what's what. Hope he's out there. Been playing some great football lately. Uh, yeah, again, I think we'll know more about this here by Sunday. Over with the Texans, Tank Dell. Originally, I think someone ruled him out, but he is, in fact, questionable after getting in a limited practice on Friday with that concussion. With the concussions, guys, when they are going to be questionable, there was another guy I don't think we... We've gotten to just yet with it. Okay, Dalton Kincaid with the Bills. So Dalton Kincaid and also Tank Dell. They're questionable on Friday. We will know by Saturday afternoon if they're playing or not because they have to clear the concussion protocol by Saturday. So we'll hear if they're downgraded and probably get, you know, the practice squad player getting uh, activated or bumped up in the active roster regardless. So Tank Dell Del, will know more tomorrow. What gets interesting, Friedman, is that Robert Woods is questionable with the ribs injury. And we also do have Noah Brown. Back in action, I know, I know it's Noah Brown, but Noah Brown was the reason why Tank Dell did not start this season. Actually, took an injury to Noah Brown before Tank Dell went out there and started balling out. So, no, I don't think that Noah Brown is going to go up there and like all of a sudden take that starting job back away from Tank Dell if he gets cleared. But Friedman, if we're trying to look at you know a deep sleeper like a John Mechie, I would stay away now knowing Noah's in there because even if Tank Dell's is out, we know we got Nico, and I'm sure Robert Woods is going to have his usual full-time role could certainly see that rest of the situation being more split up than we prefer.
1: Yeah. As you mentioned, we'll know in advance with the tank Dell situation. I, I mean, maybe we have seen like one uh, player get cleared from the concussion protocol within a week, but um, it has been pretty rare this year to see a guy clear protocol within a week. So I'm operating under the assumption that we do not see tank Dell in this game We do see Robert Woods. He's questionable, but he practiced fully on Friday. So I think he goes. Uh, We see Noah Brown in his, you know, like vulturing type of role or not vulturing, but like stealing snaps. Uh, And so like that steals opportunities from some of the other guys we might be interested in. So, you know, kind of like a smorgasbord of disgustingness in Houston. (laughs) Pretty much right now. But at least we got CJ Stroud continuing to do CJ Stroud yeah. things. Saints
0: wide receiver Chris Olave. We had all that drama last Sunday morning with the toe slash ankle injury. He went out there and ran a route on 100 percent of the dropbacks, even though that was a blowout 34-0 win. Looked normal, comes out this week. Yes, had a limited practice on Wednesday with a toe. Full practices on Thursday and Friday, not listed. One of my favorite by low talents out there. Fire up Chris Olave with all the you know confidence in the world this week. And then he has a real nice. Schedule coming up as well, so I know we haven't gotten the returns that we wanted from Olave. You know, having to use that second round pick on him, but really do think the second most freaking air yards in the league are going to turn into real receiving yards here before too long.
1: And over one minutes- second, I want yeah. to I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jeff Ulrich, who on the the Betting Pros yeah. podcast uh, highlighted the prop uh, over for Chris Olave, whose receiving yardage prop. He's dropped 20 yards in the past two weeks, which is just like, you know, like, Hey, there were some circumstances there, you know? So, uh, I feel like this is an excellent buy low opportunity for him on the prop market and also in fantasy. We're talking like inches
0: on three plays away from him, having like an extra 110 yards over these past two weeks. So love that call. You know, it's a sound bet when you get Matthew Friedman hyping up and over everyone. So good to hear there. And shout out Jeff Absolute G over here with Fantasy Life and the stuff he does with the betting squad. With the Vikings, again, Justin Jefferson sadly missing at least the next four weeks with that hamstring injury. He is on IR. Jordan Addison, though, was popping up on the injury report. Ultimately, though, not listed on the final group. He will be out there. As head coach Kevin O'Connell said, my expectation is we hit the gas with Jordan. No pun intended. So Friedman, looking at kind of the Jordan Addison ranks amongst us, you, me, and Dwayne are on a similar page. Wide receiver 27, 24, and 20. Waz has him all the way up there at wide receiver 14. Similar phenomenon there with KJ Osborne. Three of us have him between wide receiver 40 and 45. Waz is just a little bit more optimistic. So I'll say this, if there was a week to be optimistic, it's absolutely against the Bears' defense that pretty much, you know, when you just look at the worst pass defenses in the league, you'll see the Broncos at 32, and then right behind them will be the Chicago Bears. So thoughts on Addison and Osborne, uh, Friedman, two guys that I know plenty of managers are out there, are hoping to be able to plug in and get some good things from
1: Yeah, Addison, you know, I will probably bump up the rankings a little bit. I still want to have more information on the weather situation in Chicago. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I want to, before we get out of here, we'll quickly go through the weather concerns. So good shot Yeah. Cause that could be an issue, but you know, Addison is someone I highlighted in my favorites piece this week. Uh, I mean, fantastic matchup, even with some of the bears, uh, defensive backs coming back, still a fantastic situation for him, given all of the volume that is now freed up. So I will probably be bumping Addison up in my rankings
0: going to run through these next six or so and I'll throw it to you Friedman. if you have any thoughts but nothing too surprising here OBJ not listed with an ankle injury did say you know he's reportedly more healthy this week than last we'll see what they can make happen in London that's right another London game everyone Ravens Titans so make sure you get those fancy lineups set before 9 30 a.m. Eastern Sunday morning Traylon Brooks will be missing another week did not make that trip out with a knee injury some more good news for DeAndre Hopkins before they have a bye Zay Jones out once again for the Jaguars Help solidify Christian Kirk in the two wide receiver sets. He and Calvin Ridley should continue to be in far more starting fantasy lineups than not. Patriots have all sorts of issues. Juju and Demario Douglas out with concussions. Tyquan Thornton questionable with a shoulder injury. If Tyquan's not playing, we'll see Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and probably Ty Montgomery in at three wide receiver sets. Note that Mac Jones' last touchdown came in week three on a blown coverage. This offense as a whole has scored 18 points over their last 12 quarters of action. Absolutely brutal. Equinemia St. Brown, brother of Amon St. Brown, they have a fun little podcast they've been doing, is out in on the IR with a hamstring injury and also Quez Watkins, the little used field stretching wide receiver three for the Eagles, also out with a hamstring injury. So any comments here, Freeman? Again, other than the Patriots' dismal passing game, mostly just backups anyway here.
1: Yeah, uh, interesting Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, you mentioned him. He's someone I wrote up in my favorites article. Uh, Zay Jones has been in and out of the lineup for the past month and you know in those four games christian kirk has 40 targets uh you know 326 yards uh he's i mean i will not say like he's the number one receiver there but like he's getting just as much interest in that offense as calvin ridley so uh someone definitely to be looking at definitely
0: one of those things where you know looking at the target discrepancy between the guys versus disparity, we were probably all a little bit too optimistic in Ridley relative to Kirk and even Zay Jones when he has been healthy enough to be out there. And yeah, by the way, just uh, Equinemius and Quest Watkins were the backups there. Didn't mean to slander uh, our dear friends, OBJ, Burks, and Zay Jones. So on me, I'll watch the film and get better. Some quick tight end news, everyone. Sam Laporta, questionable officially with a calf injury, but he did return to practice on Friday, and he even said that he expects to suit up Sunday against the Buccaneers. So, consensus you know tight end four over with the fantasy left squad behind only travis kelsey tj hawkinson and mark at mark andrews Freeman. we never want to see a midweek downgrades but just hearing laporta be very open with it along the way i feel like this isn't going to be a major issue that's going to impact his playing time this week
1: Yeah. I mean, he might get the slightest of downgrades, but like there's only, there's only so far you can downgrade him given how terrible the tight end position is. So, I mean, what does a downgrade really even mean when you move him from like tight end three to tight end four, you know? Um, but, uh, it is, it is concerning and I will definitely be looking for reports from, you know, Rappaport or, uh, Schefter regarding Laporta
0: bills tight end Dalton Kincaid questionable with that concussion again we should know for sure if he's in or out by Saturday afternoon and Dawson Knox is questionable with a wrist injury and this really goes hand in hand with Darren Waller being questionable with that groin injury because again Friedman if you are a team you have Darren Waller and you know you're just kind of nervous about the situation your options pretty much become like maybe a Gerald Everett on Monday night who could get a nice bump if Donald Parham's out I doubt Jake Ferguson is available in too many leagues so honestly if you are the Darren Waller manager, you're probably hoping for, you know, a situation where maybe Kincaid gets ruled out and then Dawson Knox becomes someone you can actually slide into that tight end spot and not completely hate your life. So thoughts on Kincaid and Knox, and if I could actually get a nice bump, should the other one be out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Kincaid, it feels like he's going to miss, just given what we've seen with concussions to this point in the year. Dawson Knox, tentatively expect him to play. And maybe, you know, he gets a little bit of a bump there, but I would say it feels like I think Gabe Davis actually might end up getting a little bit more of the Ooh. the target volume coming from Kincaid than Dawson Knox. Um, but, you know, not really interested in either of those guys, just kind of interested in what that might mean for Gabe Davis. Again,
0: keep an eye on that Darren Waller groin injury as well. He kind of said earlier in the week that the DMP was more of like a rest, like planned kind of thing to handle the issue and not to overly freak out about it. Still expects to play on Sunday night. But again, when you don't have Daniel Jones, when you don't have the offensive line, if he is working out less than 100% with, I don't know, the questionable tag sure seems to indicate that he is tough to see him, you know,
1: for sure being out there. Is that kind of how you, is that your read on it, Friedman? Yeah. I mean, I would expect him to be out there. I'd say like 80%, you know, the, the two back-to-back yeah. limited practices, like that's a pretty bullish indicator, but I mean, Hey, I, I thought Saquon was going to be out there last <laughs> week. So, you know, you never know. Like, okay. If
0: someone out there has Darren Waller and I'm just looking at our ranks, like here are the next three or four tight ends underneath Waller, Cole Komet, Logan Thomas, Kyle Pitts, Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, like, are you just starting those other guys and not worrying about this? If we don't know, Waller
1: is going to play come Sunday morning. Uh, you know, I would, I would probably roll the dice because I do think that there's actually a pretty decent teardrop after Waller and those other guys, but you know, that's all that's, you know, also thinking like Uh, In normal circumstances, it is not anything close to normal circumstances for the Giants, given all the injuries they have on offense. So that might be something I need to reconsider absolutely brutal situations here with the Browns and with those Giants offenses. Speaking of that Browns
0: offense, David Njoku questionable with just those brutal face and hand burns. I don't know if you guys saw the picture he did reveal, but absolutely wild that he did manage to play in week four shortly after those went down. So hope he continues to heal up, man. He did actually have like pretty normal, you know, route participation in week four, despite playing through those injuries. That said again, PJ Walker under center against this beastly 49ers, defense david njoku you know stuck really in that mid-tier tight end two range all those players we just listed certainly going to be starts ahead of him at working less than 100 also did get a note a couple minutes ago friedman from uh mary k Cabo, Cabo, I, I'm sorry, cabot cabot apologies uh with uh, uh with her report that deshaun watson could miss multiple more games with that right rotator cuff
1: contusion
0: yeah, not looking good, man. Did he have his one good game against the Titans? And he's like, all right, let's
1: end on a high here. Like, what is going on? This whole situation is just seems weird, man. I, I mean, I think he needs to get some shoulder massages, you know? <laughs> just, just lay up and Friedman just came
0: out of nowhere and slam dunked that one. There we go. Jawan Johnson with the Saints out with a calf injury. Going to continue to be a rotation of Foster Moreau, Jimmy Graham, and Taysom Hill. None of them are really overly viable fantasy options. Did mention before Gerald Everett, he will get a nice little bar. Bun- guys up into that kind of top 15 conversation if Donald Parham is ultimately ruled out with that wrist injury so no Mike Williams for the rest of the year we'll see what Parham like he is practicing in a limited fashion but hey you know just saying when you have a hurt wrist it could impact your ability to catch the football per Dr. Harditz over here so Donald Parham if he does miss time could help all those you know sad sad best ball teams I drafted with a bunch of Gerald Everett and finally Mo Alley Cox still in the concussion protocol questionable did get in a full practice on Friday. So hopefully we'll be back then again in Indianapolis. They love rotating their tight ends. So tough to overly trust anyone. Any thoughts on those
1: situations, Freeman? Not really. I mean, at that point, we're kind of like in the tight end dregs. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right. Quick notes on just, you know, offensive and defensive players
0: who I thought were notable. Mentioned these Giants offensive line injuries. And sure enough, tackles Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert both ruled out. Their center, John Michael Schmitz, is also out. Also, Evan Neal, questionable with an ankle, and Shane Lemieux, their guard, also questionable with a groin. The Panthers are going to be without both of their starting safeties, and Von Bell and Xavier Woods. Brian Burns and Derek Brown. Also questionable, not exactly the sort of healthy one ahead of a matchup with the Dolphins. Patriots linebacker Matthew Judon remains out with the elbow issue. Also have all sorts of questionable guys with that depth chart. So always tough to tell exactly what the Patriots are doing with their injury report. Just realize even if they are pulling some of their u- usual you know, New England BS, certainly does seem like they're banged up. Interesting one with the Jets here. Freeman Sauce Gardner got added on Friday with an illness. He is now questionable, and they're already missing DJ Reed with a concussion. They're missing Brandon Echols with a hamstring, and Justin Hardy out with a hamstring as well. Is this the Devonte Smith get right week?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, maybe like as you mentioned, like all of these cornerbacks that they are missing. You know, it it's probably going to add up to something. It's hard to say if it's Devonte Smith. Uh, if it's uh, A.J. Brown, what is actually kind of surprising is that the spread has moved uh, in favor of the Jets, even with all of these cornerbacks that they are missing. So uh, that is a game I'm definitely going to be monitoring and digging into a little bit more because I I might have a position on that as we get towards kickoff.
0: Jets usually very content just to let Sauce Gardner play on his side of the field. They have around a little bit more in some high leverage snaps this season that said i don't expect a full time shadow on aj brown regardless Eagles will be without, maybe this is why Freeman, they are going to be without some key contributors uh, in their own right. Darius Slay out with a knee injury and breakout rookie Jalen Carter is out with an ankle issue. So two huge injuries over there. Look, you know, with the Jets, you know, we're not really looking too hard behind Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, but certainly could make life easier for those guys. And finally, just keep an eye on Joey Bosa and Derwin James over there with the Chargers. They have had the bye week to get healthy. Derwin did start the week off with a limited practice, so he's looking good. Joey was a DMP, but he's been, you know, not practicing a lot of these weeks and then playing at the end of the day. So, with the Chargers, again, still going to be a fun Monday night matchup against the Cowboys. We'll see if they have their two blue chip defenders. So, any meaningful betting takeaways uh, from that, Freeman, other than that Jets point?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the Giants just absolutely decimated, as you mentioned, on the offensive line. And that kind of makes me think of like the other side of that matchup. Like it could be like a Wills up running back situation for like a number of the Buffalo Bills. Um, You know, it could be. Uh, a, a good James Cook week who has pretty significant win-loss splits. Yeah. Uh, and it could even be like, oh, hey, Latavius Murray scored two touchdowns out of nowhere kind of week. Uh, all the defensive injuries for the Panthers. I mean, obviously, like we should never expect the uh, the Dolphins to score 70 points again, but it just feels like that could end up being a, a massive discrepancy between those two teams. Uh, and then one that's kind of under the radar, Um, Jalen Thompson, free safety, is out for the Cardinals. Uh, the reason I mention it is that he's been playing actually as their primary slot defender, uh, and so like Cooper Cup, like and Jalen Thompson was already like kind of playing out of position in the slot, so like Cooper Cup kind of going against like the backup backup slot defender just feels like it could be a a massive smash spot for him. So. Uh, I don't have Cooper Cup like as my number my number one wide receiver right now, but like I'm probably going to be bumping up in the ranks a little bit. Gotta love that. Gotta love having Cooper Cup just healthy and back in our lives and on his new
0: podcast with Matthew Stafford. Make sure you check that out. Shout out to Kevin Roth over at Rotor Grinders. Always blessing us with his weather edge goodness and looking at that, guys. He does have, you know, a color system. Green, yellow, orange, and red. Green being, you know, notable enough to be on here but not something we're actively downgrading and so on and so on. So, the five green matchups he has that, again, do have a little bit of weather but nothing to overly worry about. Ravens and Titans in London. Quiet weather, light winds, no precipitation. The Seahawks and Bengals have a low chance of shower. Winds only 10 to 15 miles per hour though. Colts and the Jaguars. Can't fully roll some rain per Kevin, but more likely dry and winds sustained at 10 miles per hour. Panthers and Dolphins, low chance of a straight downpour. Sustained winds of 10 to 15 miles per hour. And with the Lions and Buccaneers, sustained winds of 10 to 15 miles per hour. As our resident weather expert here at FantasyLife.com, Chris Allen has blessed all of you with his weather knowledge. 20 mile per hour plus is when we start to get concerned here in Fantasyland and we do have two games that could be flirting with that. Vikings at the Bears is getting a yellow tag from Kevin the bulk of the rain should fall pregame in Chicago but a lingering shower is possible during the game and those winds are 15 to 20 miles per hour with gusts around 30 I did ask Chris about the gust factor and he said they are just random gusts of wind so tough to really put too much stock into the gusts but again those 15 to 20 mile per hour sustained is problematic and then our orange tag here Freeman is the 49ers at the Browns so my god if you need any just more reason not to play these Cleveland browns here it is because we got lingering rain looking fairly likely it's 15 to 20 mile per hour sustained winds with those gusts as well per kevin this will likely be the ugliest weather game of the week certainly seems like we get a few of these every single year in cleveland and week six seems to be one of those so 49ers browns vikings and bears those seem like the four teams
1: that might actually warrant some legit downgrades for even. I mean, maybe it's the the kind of situation where Deshaun Watson is looking at the weather and he's thinking like, hey, I can't look bad if I'm not on the field. He saw the Ravens the week before and was like, I'm not about You know, I never play well against that defense isn't going to
0: work. So for the chess apparently being played by Deshaun Watson right now, I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Honestly, I just know that I drafted far too much of that dude this off season. So if he could, you know, heal up uh, soon, uh, my wallet would appreciate it. But Freeman going to wrap up this edition of the fantasy life podcast. Let the folks know what you're working on and, you know, maybe where they can go subscribe to the bed and life newsletter.
1: Yes. So, uh, at the fantasy life.com website, uh, at the top, you can click on content, click on newsletters, and you can subscribe to our stuff there. Uh, we've got the betting life newsletter coming out three days a week. And of course the awesome fantasy life newsletter coming out every day, seven days a week for the entirety of the football season. Uh, just must read content, uh, you know, and then doing, you know, player projections, doing the rankings, Friedman's favorites comes out every uh, every Wednesday got best bets article uh, props article just you know giving the people as much fantasy and sports betting goodness as I can while trying not to go broke. My man's is grinding. Great day to be great as always, Mr. Freeman.
0: You guys can find my key fantasy questions for week six. Got the 35 of them this week. And if you want just some more info on these injuries, I do write up all the issues that we just talked about so you can refresh yourself. You know, just do whatever the hell you want as a free country after all. So for Matthew, for producer James, I am Ian. Thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Life Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.